Welcome, welcome, welcome to Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today we are going to talk about outsourcing and delegating. Everybody in the speaking industry sometimes thinks, should I have a VA? Should I hire people? What should I do? Well, we're going to go deep on that today. So welcome to this episode of Speakernomics. And to kick it off, today's guest is Allison Shapira. And I will tell you, she knows a lot about should you outsource or should you delegate? And we're going to go really deep into that. So Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. So good to be with you. Oh, it's great to have you with us. So what are two tips that you have for speakers who want to outsource or delegate? The first tip is make a list of everything that you do on any given week and for line by line, ask yourself, do I need or want to do this? And if the answer is no, think about perhaps either outsourcing or delegating those tasks. The second tip is talk to other people who've done it. This is a complex process with legal ramifications and people ramifications. So don't do it by trial and error. Talk to people who've made those mistakes and then ask them what worked. Well, I can tell this is going to be an important episode because this is something that goes through many, many people's minds throughout the course of their business. But for those of you who don't know Allison, she is a former opera singer who has turned entrepreneur, speaker, and she's a public speaking expert. She's also a best-selling author and she teaches at the Harvard Kennedy School. Now, my favorite thing about her, she knows how to ask for directions in 10 languages but I found out the truth. She can only understand those directions in four languages. So, Allison, let's go into this whole idea of adding people either to your staff or if you're outsourcing it. First of all, what's the difference? Why, why would you outsource versus hire? There are very clear legal distinctions between someone who is a W-2 full-time employee versus a 1099 independent contractor. And the the language, the W-2 versus 1099, refers to how they report their income to the IRS. So there are very specific legal distinctions. I'm not an expert on that. And so anyone thinking of outsourcing or delegating should consult the relevant experts to understand those ramifications because there are also penalties if you do it wrong. So it is something to be aware of. Um, the, the main difference that I have seen, and I'll talk about full-time employee versus part-time independent contractor. For me, I, I work with both. With my two full-time employees, they are all about the business nine to five, Monday through Friday. Every single day they come into work or now they log into work and they are thinking about how do we grow our business? How do we get better? How do we improve? How do we help more people? And that level of focus full time is a distinction between someone who's full time and someone who is part time and supports multiple clients and multiple groups. So let's talk about your own experience in this. How long is it that you turned into an entrepreneur and a speaker? And what has been your experience with, with having staff and having contractors? I've been teaching public speaking and presentation skills for about 18 years, but it's only the past nine or 10 years that I've done it full time as my sole source of income. 
And in that time, I started doing everything by myself, as you do when you start a business full time. And I soon realized I was getting more inquiries than I could fulfill and more requests that were bigger and bigger. And as you know, this is every speaker's dream. We want to get business that we can't think about fulfilling. So we have to grow in order to fulfill it. And for me, it was either say no to the business or bring on other people to help me manage that business. And I'll give you an example. There was one client who wanted me to to do a series of regional two-day workshops around the country with hundreds of hours of private coaching for each of the individuals of those programs. And oh, by the way, they wanted it completed within three to four months. Oh, wow. (laughs) And the, the idea of of scheduling all those coaching hours filled me with dread. And so I realized I needed help doing the things I didn't need to do so that they could free me up to have the bandwidth and the energy to do the things that the client was really paying me to do. Well, that's a great segue into your first tip. So your first tip was make a list of all the things you do every week and then decide what do you want to do and what do you not want to do? So let's let's talk about that tip. How do people figure out what what can I outsource and, and what type of person should I bring in to do these tasks? It's such an important series of questions because it really depends on what you like to do in your business. Maybe you like the technology around creating videos. Maybe you like creating marketing material to to promote your business. I'm not so good with crafting the marketing material. I could use some help in that area. So that was something that I wrote down I didn't want to do myself. My Best work comes when I'm creative and not thinking about booking airline tickets. So I wanted someone to help me with the airline tickets. And I made a list and then I started writing those tasks on strips of paper. And I I laid them all out on a table and I started rearranging the strips of paper to think about what could one person reasonably do? (laughs) What is a what's a reasonable task or list of tasks for one type of person. Where do I find them? What are their skill sets? How do I evaluate them? So I had to first figure out what needed to be done. Then I had to figure out what type of person would be able to handle that. Do I want to train them or do they have the skills already? That's going to determine how much I have to pay them and where I find them and how long they're going to stay with me. So there are all these elements that go into that process, but it starts with determining what do you like to do? What do you love to do? What gives you energy? What are the things that you get a pit in your stomach about when you feel like when you have to do it? And is that something that you can delegate, which means to someone internal or outsource to someone external? Then you can think about what do you do from there? And I'll also say, I'm speaking from my own experience. This is what works for me. And and the beauty of the speaking business is that there's a different model for everyone in terms of a staffing model and a business revenue generating model. So take what you learn from me and apply it however you can. It may not work for you. So let's take a look at your business today. I heard you mention that you have two full-time employees and then some people you outsource to. So let's look at that. What do those two people do who work for you nine to five, Monday through Friday? And then what type of things do you outsource and to how many people? Over time, after about six, or I would say four years with one full-time staff person, I started to realize there were two roles that needed full-time attention. The first was sales and marketing. 
qualifying incoming leads, speaking to people, crafting proposals, sending those proposals, managing them. Speakers know what it's like when you spend all day creating a proposal, you send it and then you never hear back. So managing that that follow-up process and then doing some of our marketing as well. That's one full-time role and that's that's client-facing before they become a client. So I would say prospect facing. The second role is once that that client becomes a confirmed client, they sign the contract, they confirm the statement of work, then they're handed off to our program manager. She's our main point of contact in with the clients as they're booking their programs and they're finding dates. They're figuring out the content that they want to cover and talking with our trainers if I'm not delivering the training. So there's a lot of work that goes into the substance of creating and planning a program. She's our producer if it's in person or virtual and especially virtual. She produces the events on our Zoom platform or uses their platform. And then at the end, she plans the debrief call where we talk about what worked, what didn't work. What are we going to do differently? Is there any way? How else can we be of service to you? So those are the two roles that we have in terms of full time staff. And then what about outsourcing? How many more people do you outsource to for what type of products? And services. We have a number of people who we outsource to who have their own businesses. So there are three trainers and coaches who we work with in an independent contractor role, and they have their own coaching and training business. And then part time, they'll work with our clients using our methodology. And so there are there are three phenomenal trainers who I met through my NSA network. And then we have people who are managing scheduling, who are doing social media, um, lead legal help, accounting, bookkeeping, videography, all of those services where it really makes sense to to bring on someone in an independent contractor role where they manage their own expertise and then they bring that expertise to us on their own time. So I've heard you say that sometimes you can actually save money by having a full-time staff member. And so why is that? My, my natural thought would be like, no, this, having a staff member with like things like insurance and, and other things that you have to do, that would be more expensive. How, how do you save money in that take? I don't believe hiring a full-time employee saves you money. I do believe hiring a full-time employee saves you time. Because that person is going to get to know you, your clients, your products, your services. So instead of trying to manage three contractors all with a different piece of the puzzle, you have one person in your business every day who sees the work that you do, with, who comes with you to programs. And so they free you up to focus on the other things that you want to do to grow your business. And so for me, as my business started to become more successful and I was earning more, I used that additional revenue to buy back my time. Because it wasn't make money at all costs. There's a certain point where you, you, know, you cover all the needs that you have and the financial goals that you've set. And then for me, it becomes, how do I want to spend my work day? And the employee frees me up to be able to do all the other things that I want to do. There's a significant time intensive effort in the beginning to find, hire, train that person. There's a lot of work in terms of the paperwork and and payroll and insurance. But ultimately, you, you go farther and you're more efficient because of the person that you that you've brought on and that front end cost that you pay both with your time and with your money. So are there any factors that you use to decide what tasks go to that employee and which tasks get outsourced? 
it's really a benefit. It's a function of the roles and their job description. So when I'm hiring somebody full time, we're creating a job description. We're agreeing on a set of tasks and responsibilities and skill sets. And then I know exactly what that person is going to do. Now, what happens when new needs arise? Then I would talk to the employee and see what do they want to do? Are they excited about learning about this new product or service? Or should we bring on someone who has expertise in that area? So it's really a case by case basis. But after a number of years of doing this, I have a pretty clear sense of what does the the client solutions manager do? What does the program manager do? And then for anything else, we have a conversation together as a team and look at our our bandwidth and availability, what are we going to do in-house? What are we going to outsource? And are we willing to pay the additional cost? Because there's a sunk cost with people we're already paying salary for. So do we want to try and cover that ourselves or are we going to bring on someone or hire, not hire because there are legal ramifications to that language to outsource to somebody else? So it's interesting. Let, let's touch on that for a second, because you said earlier on and then you just hit it when you yourself said hire when you meant outsource. There are legal ramifications around the wording on how this is is done. Is there any other other things that people need to pay attention to around that wording and what they say and where they say it? There are a number of considerations that are that that the IRS clearly lays out in terms of the language that you're using, the expectations you have of somebody, whether or not they need their own equipment versus you give them your equipment to use. For instance, an independent contractor is using their own equipment. When I hired my staff, I had to buy them computers. <laughs> Because you don't expect someone to show up in an office with their own computer. You, know, you, you buy it for them. And so that was, that was new for me because I had worked with contractors who have their own equipment. So I would say there, there is a, there's a lot of difference in the language and in the workflow and the process that we have. And, and that's something that everyone should be sensitive to. Imagine what connecting with some of today's most influential and successful speakers can do for your business and your income. As an entrepreneur speaker, there's only one conference where you can mingle with today's industry titans. The National Speakers Association's premier conference has returned, and it's going down July 10th through the 12th at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. We've invited today's most innovative and influential speakers so you can learn, network, and mingle with the best of the best. Gain insight and connections you won't find anywhere else. And you don't need to attend in person. This year, we've taken the conference online and are giving you the option to virtually rub shoulders with your peers and today's top names. To ensure the safety of attendees, in-person attendance is limited to the first 500 guests. So head over to Influence2021.com to grab your ticket to this year's flagship conference. That's Influence2021.com to register today. So... I don't know if where you get your or if you offer health benefits to the people who work for you, but I do know that with the way the National Speakers Association is set up with their NSA Health Trust, that you at least need to have two people in order to qualify for that program that NSA has set up. And so how have you gone about taking care of things like like health insurance? When I hired my first full-time employee, I made the I made the decision that I didn't want to just create a job. I wanted to create a good job. 
I wanted to create a job that somebody would be proud to work at and to grow with. And so I needed to be competitive with other employers out there. So I created a company 401k and I created a, a global public speaking LLC insurance, uh, health insurance plan. And my father is a dentist. So how could I possibly not offer dental insurance? <laughs> so it was, it was a significant cost. And I worked with in, in Washington, DC, I walk, I rocked, excuse me, I worked with the, the authorities there that, that help you create small business insurance plans. And they walked me through the process. And I think at the time, the NSA insurance plan was either wasn't an option, or it didn't quite apply to me. So I had to go separately through that process. But again, it speaks to the the investment that we do have to make in an employee, because we want them to stay with us, we're going through this process, so that someone can be with us for the long term not just work with us for six months and then work, go on to the next project. So your second tip that you shared at the top of the podcast was if you're going to go down this path either way or both, talk to the people who've done it. So many speakers are total solopreneurs. I know my business, with the exception of a couple of things I outsource, I am I have been for a decade pretty much a total solopreneur. So I wouldn't be the person to turn to and ask. So how do you go about finding who you should talk to and and why do you really want to talk to, to people about this? I would actually, I would push back on that because you are a solopreneur. I want to hear your perspective to make sure I'm not missing anything. Oh, interesting. I don't just want to talk to the people who are doing it the way I think I want to do it. I want to talk to the people who think differently so that I can make sure I'm considering all the ramifications and all the different arguments in favor of and against. And so what I did, especially both when I was hiring a staff person and when I was bringing on outside contract trainers is I talked to other people in who ran communication training firms. I called all my competitors, whom many of whom I'm friends with. And I said, how did you do it? What were the mistakes that you made? Because we know the pie is big enough for all of us. You know, that's the 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 the, the principle of Cavett. You know, the pie is big, big enough for all of us. And so or the spirit of Cavett, excuse me. And so I talked to people who had done it and said what worked what different didn't what would you do differently next time and i kept a list of their comments and then i looked for for points of connection did everyone say the same thing about this and then i would take that more seriously or did anyone say something completely contrarian and then i i would evaluate that so essentially i wanted to find out what others were doing and then make the decision if that was going to work for me or not and there are a lot of people who tell you not to hire full-time staff because of the risk involved and we saw that in the pandemic, when 90% of our business disappeared in the, the span of a month, and I still had payroll to meet, and we had no revenue whatsoever coming in. But yet, at the same time, because of that fixed cost of paying salaries, I now had three people full time, myself and my two staff members working full time, nine to five, Monday through Friday, pivoting this business as quickly as possible to virtual. And that's why we made it through so efficiently and are stronger than ever. Because of that cost I had committed to, we had the manpower available in a way that I wouldn't have done had everyone been contractors. It would have just been hunker down. We're all figuring it out on our own. We'll regroup when things get better. 
we didn't have to do that. We we still stayed in touch with our trainers and 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 coaches who we were working with as contractors. Um, but it was a different level of of connection because everyone was going through their own process. So that is such an interesting point that because you had yourself plus two other people. You had the manpower to be reaching out to, to clients, to be coming up with new programs, to figure out what equipment you needed to make that that dreaded pivot to virtual and to be able to go out and, and sell it, if you will, since you had a person who that's part of their job is, is sales and marketing. That probably put you into a little bit of an advantage, actually, over a lot of speakers, because I can speak from my own personal thing, being all alone, you get caught up in your own head, too. So it's not just not having the time or the manpower. You know, one person, you know, you, you get into an internal loop inside your head where you had people to talk to every day about your business. That's right. And I had people relying on me. I had these these two the two staff members who are with me now had each just left large safe jobs or large companies safe jobs at large companies and had come to work for me and all of a sudden the pandemic hits and I'm thinking I'm there's no way I'm letting anything happen to these employees and so I committed to even if I had to stop paying myself I would pay their salaries and we would spend all of our time we, we used speaker flow and rebuilt an entirely new CRM with using speaker flow we created new processes new marketing materials every single day we came together and it was time to save the business time to save the business. And I wanted them to feel like we were in it together. And there was one point at the beginning of the pandemic where one of my employees put on, on social media, she posted amidst all the chaos that's going on. I feel really grateful to have a steady job. Mm. And, and that was one of my proudest moments to know that I had given her the security of, of a job, of a, a secure job during a time of incredible stress and anxiety for everyone. Mm -hmm. So you talk about turning to other people and beyond this idea of just should I hire, should I outsource, etc., you know, one thing in the speaker business that is really big is this sense of camaraderie, this spirit of Cabot, these, the people who are helping each other. And we did an episode a couple of months ago on mastermind groups. So how often outside of this topic do you rely on other people in the speaking business to help you navigate the, the crazy waters of, of this industry? All the time. All the time. I mean, anytime I have a question, I'll, I'll think, who do I know who's gone through this? Are there are there people in NSA the, the the members only Facebook page of the National Speakers Association is a gold mine of resources and information on on something as as something simple something deep it's it's a terrific resource and so that's something I, I take advantage of as a member and then. Even outside of that circle, there are people I go to with a lot of my major decisions to say, what would you do? How would you handle this? What did you do here? And then if somebody comes to me and if a client needs help with a particular topic, then I'm going to bring on another speaker to address that topic if I don't if I don't handle it myself, but I'll manage the process and manage the relationship. So it's really important. I, I think of people who say, I want to do everything myself. I don't want to ask for help. I don't need any help. I can do it myself. I don't subscribe to that philosophy because I don't believe we do anything 
by ourselves. We, we are always rec- relying on clients or audience members or partners to do an- anything. So my my idea is let's take advantage of this incredible network and series of networks that we have. Everyone has a different piece of the puzzle and we're going to put that puzzle together together and be more effective as a result. So I'm constantly speaking to other people to ask for guidance. And then I'm trying to reciprocate with my own guidance as well. So you you bring up a a thing and that is how valuable, like just, just that Facebook page for the national speakers association every day, someone posts a question about something that they're trying to face, whether it's, it's any topic often about things like we're talking about today is, you know, what do I do about this employee situation or how do I find a contractor for this specific task that I need done? Um, what would you say to somebody who's not a member of the National Speakers Association uh, about if they should join? The moment I joined NSA, it, it changed my life. I mean, the, the I went to my first meeting in Washington, D.C., which is a phenomenal chapter, sat down December of 2012. I had just moved to D.C. to start my business full time. Greg Gregory, another terrific NSA member and my mentor, sat down next to me, welcomed me. And my business and, and has changed for the better as a result because of everything that I learned and the network of people that I was plugged into who had already done the things that I wanted to do. And there are people, whether we're members of NSA or not, our, our networks are vast. If we stop to think about all the different activities that we have with NSA, it's a specific network of people who have done the exact things that I'm trying to do. And so there's a tremendous benefit to being part of that network, learning from them and then gaining their perspective based on their experience. So, Allison, as we wrap up this episode of Speakernomics, is there anything else about outsourcing or delegating that you think people should think about? I would really ask yourself what your ultimate goals are and what you're hoping to achieve. And then I would start small in some way. So this is not the time to get really enthusiastic and say, I've never worked with an independent contractor my entire life. I'm going to hire a full-time staff person because that seems like the best thing to do. It's an incredible process to put into place. So start small with outsourcing one particular function. What's that like? How does it work? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Do you like managing people or do you like overseeing others? So it's getting to know how you handle those situations. Can you give up control? That was a huge moment for me. Can I give up control? So start small, try it out in different places, learn from others, and then you'll start to see what can be done by someone else. You can make the decision looking at the IRS guidelines, whether it's an employee or an independent contractor, but there is no reason to do everything yourself unless you want to. Allison Shapira, thank you so much for being a guest here on Speakernomics. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for everything that you do. And for everyone who's listening, please come back and join us every single week where we're going to have more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how you can make more money as a professional speaker. And always remember the motto of this podcast, speak, get paid, repeat.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.